Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. Matthew chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15, we start a new series tonight, and we got quite a few weeks to cover this. The only week I will deviate is the 31st, I believe it is, is the Wednesday night before our revival, and uh, we're going to take time to cover the subject of revival ready, and being ready for revival. I believe it is a, a time we need to prepare for. And I think it is, we shouldn't go into it lackadaisical or just nonchalantly. I believe we ought to take it seriously. By the way, lives are at stake. If we get revived, folks, I'm telling you, folks around us will begin to get saved, people in our community, people around the world, and it just takes us. And let's just be real and honest tonight, we all need revival. No matter where you're at in life, no matter where you're at spiritually, we all need revival. And uh, I was driving up to Justin the other day, and uh, I, there's a place, it's called Revival. You probably know, Brother Scott, where it is. A revival auto, uh, Automotive or something like that. It's, you know, and I was thinking, that's a good name, I guess. You bring your car in that is not working, right? And the guy revives your vehicle, right? And uh, I was thinking, that's kind of what we need to do. We just need to come into God's house and God's Word and, and get fixed up. Fix the things that are wrong and get us back on the road again. And we can be like Willie Nelson and get back on the road again. Matthew chapter 15. I just ruined the service by mentioning his name. I would sing it, but I won't do that. Might get fair. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to begin at verse 21. And we're going to talk about this subject, great faith. Not just faith, but great faith. How do we get from, and we're going to look at the different levels of faith tonight. Uh, but how do we get from where we are now to the place of great faith? Look, if you will, because it's, it's mentioned in the Scripture. Verse 21, the Bible says, uh, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sion. Uh, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David." My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. So as, as we look at this, and you could go over to Mark chapter 7, and in verse 24, and you kind of get really a little more context of what's going on here, is basically when Jesus came into Tyre and Sidon, that uh, basically what he, he did, he entered into a house, and he said that when he entered into this house, that he didn't want to make it public that he was there. He didn't want to make it where it was a big public display of, of himself. Uh, this was a time when his ministry was getting started. And so uh, there, were, there were some things he was trying to do. And I believe one of those was to teach his disciples. You study the Bible in the time of Jesus Christ and his disciples. One lesson comes up over and over again. And it's the lesson on faith. So if he's got to teach them the lessons of faith today, don't you believe he has to teach us lessons on faith also 
And so as we look at this, I want you to keep that in mind because here comes this, this Canaanite woman, this, this Gentile woman running uh, to him and saying, oh, Lord, have mercy on me. And she uses a Jewish term to him and says, Thou son of David. She recognizes that he has come into a Gentile uh, cities and that he is on the ground uh, of, of not his people, so to speak. And this lady comes out and she has apparently heard of him and maybe has studied about him and, and seen what he's done. And she realizes that this is her hope. I love what happens here. By the way, one of the worst things you could ever do to a person is to ignore them. Hello. Wives, husbands do that pretty good, don't they? Right? Oh, was you talking to me? You know, it's only two of you in the room. Especially when you're asking them to do something. Right? Or did you do something? I, I'm sorry, my hearing aids are not working. I don't, I don't even wear any. Right? But notice what happens here, verse 23. It says, but he answered her not a word. Here she comes and, and, and I don't believe she came up and said, Oh Lord, have mercy on me. Thou son of David. I believe this was a, a urgent situation that she was in with her daughter. And, and, and she comes and she, I love what it says, that she cried unto him. In other words, with a, 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 a hailing voice saying, uh, have mercy on me, Lord, have mercy on me, thou son of David. And he pays her no attention. But notice what happens. And the disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she crieth after us. In other words, she's not part of our group. The disciples had some problems along the way. And, and, and here's, what, here's what's going to happen. Now, when you read the scripture, you kind of scratch your head sometimes and go, that fly from my house followed me here. But notice what he says. He says, but he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, to the Jews. By the way, he was. He came. We know that he, he came to his own and his own received him not. He's telling this lady, and by the way, he's testing her faith. Because anybody else who didn't see the urgency of the situation would have went, well, fine then. Right? Come on. It, it, let, let's put it in our terms today. You come to my house with an urgent prayer request, and I put basically say, listen, I, I don't have time for you. Wouldn't you say, well, fine then. But if it was urgent enough, if you were at the emergency door with a dying baby in your hands and they said, well, we don't take your insurance, you would probably go further, wouldn't you? I know I would. I, I, I never forget the night that we had found Bailey unresponsive in, in her crib and I was in my office and my wife was at the house. And of course, this is our house was from here to Brother Tim from the from the church. That's how we lived in Alabama. And uh, when you have fellowships at your house, you were really having them at the church, vice versa. And I, I remember my wife bringing, my, bringing Bailey to us and her being blue. Not breathing. And I, I remember that time when uh, I, I, I did what I could and, and got her breathing somewhat back. And I remember putting her in my arms and getting in that car. And I remember a 30 minute, about a 20 minute drive to the hospital I made it in five. I didn't pull to the front door. I went to the emergency bay. And I, I drove in there and I, I, I just about kicked the door down. Luckily, there was, there was a nurse sitting right inside the door and she saw me. 
You want to get people's attention, right? And by the way, if they would have said, Sir, what kind of insurance do you have? I could have answered that very quickly to her. None. I'm on your mama care. My mama's going to take care of this bill, right? <laughs> Some of you. Is everybody okay tonight? It's okay to smile. This story turns out well. Bailey's with us today, all right? Some of you are looking like, where's the story going? You know? But I, I'm telling you, some, sometimes people don't know if they can laugh at things I say, you know, but if I tell you stuff, you can, I mean, anyway. So we get there, and of course, I mean, all of a sudden, boom, we had attention, right? But I was thinking, if, if that hospital was said, no, we don't serve your kind here, or whatever it may be, I would have still made it inside there. Because why? I had an urgent emergency. I had a situation that required immediate attention from a specialist. And see, the problem with our faith a lot of times is that we don't see the urgency of our situation until we're laying on our backside. And here this lady comes and Jesus is putting her off. Notice, if you will, verse 25 Notice what she says after Jesus said, look, I, I came to my own and, and you're not part of that necessarily. Now we know the scripture says Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus was testing her patience. If you read over Mark chapter 7, it talks about that, her patience. But notice what happens here. Is that then she came and worshipped him. And as Spurgeon said, said a prayer that we can use in any situation. Lord... Help me. A man by the name of Peter used this same prayer. It was very effective prayer at the time. Why? Because his situation was dire. And in our life and in this lady's life, uh, notice what happened. She said, Lord, help me. You notice what just happened to her? She got her eyes off of what her daughter needed and in what she needed. She said, Lord, help me. And and we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. But notice what Jesus goes on down to say. It kind of sounds weary. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And then she goes on to talk about, Well, if if I'm a dog, then here, here we go. And she said, True, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Well, I'm telling you, what, what great faith we see in this young lady. Jesus really trying to, uh, to, to test her patience. And, and by the way, the trying of your faith worketh patience. I don't like that word. Put me in a car, I don't like to have patience. Uh, right? And in life, we don't like to use patience. But God, faith doesn't have a time on it. You realize that, that, that sometimes we think, well, I had faith for five minutes and God didn't answer it. Right? But, but faith, the Bible says the just shall live by faith, not have a, a periodic moment of faith and, and God's supposed to split the heavens and say, well, wait a minute, finally he has faith, boom. But it, it should be the way we live and the way we walk is to live and to walk by faith and by the Spirit of God in our life. I, I want you to notice what happens here. Then Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Because this mom came and she pleaded before the Lord and because she had patience. But great that God blessed her because she had one word, faith. 
But God said, great is thy faith. And we're going to talk about that here in a moment. Let's pray and then we'll get into great faith. Father, we love you. Thank you for the night. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, you bless your word tonight. And Lord, as she prayed, Lord, help me tonight. Lord, we love you. Bless your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. We got to spit and get here. So notice, I want you to notice verse uh, number one. What is the meaning of faith? What is the meaning of faith? There's a description given to us in the scripture of what faith is. And we find that, of course, you know most of these scriptures in Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Here's a description of faith. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. In other words, a good witness through their faith. Faith. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are not are, are seen were not made of those things which do appear. In other words, we believe that we're here because of Him. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I believe that. I, I believe that God... For, you say, well, prove it. I, I, only way I can prove it is how everything works. You, you can't look at the human body and go, well, that just... I'm telling you, our human body system is amazing. Amen. We're wonderfully made, fearfully and wonderfully made, aren't we? And, and I, I was just thinking the other day, I mean, you know, just where the placement of everything is, hallelujah. Right? I, I mean, God made us perfectly. And, and, and tonight we see that the description of faith is given to us in this scripture is that he said, Oh, woman of great, great is thy faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance thing you hold for and the evidence of things not seen. We know that. One thing we know that faith is, it is this. And I want to read this to you because I don't want to misquote it. Here's what Warren Wiersbe said about faith. He said, faith is the greatest power in the world. Faith is the greatest power in the world. It is the only thing that can move a mountain that is so small. Faith, not only is this, but true Bible faith is not blind optimism. Hello. Some people, some people miss out that their optimism is faith. Be careful with that. Right? Now, notice what else he, he says here. He says, uh, or manufactured a hope so feeling. Just because you say, well, I hope so. That's not faith. Faith is not hope so. It's neither intelligence or an assessment to doctrine. In other words, I don't assess things and go, well, I'll believe that now. It is putting our faith in Him. Here it is. True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's Word in spite of circumstances and consequences. That's what Warren Wearsby said. Let me read that again. True Bible faith is confident uh, obedience to God's Word in spite of circumstances and consequences. Faith is us, faith operates by God speaking, we hear it, and we trust no matter what. Sometimes God says stuff to us through his word and we go, hmm, he didn't mean that to me. That was definitely for my wife. But true faith goes, God said it and I'm going to trust it. Just like you have to trust him that you're saved. Right? I mean, I know there's evidence of salvation, but we have to, by faith, just trust that we're saved tonight. I know that I'm saved tonight. I don't have a hope so. I don't have a maybe so. I know so. Why? Because I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. 
And I believe His Word when He said that I am kept in His hand and no man can pluck me out. I believe it when He said that it's eternal salvation. I believe that we're saved for eternity. It's, it's not, well, if you commit this sin, this sin, this sin, you may not make it. I'd hate to know I had to live like that. Number two, I want you to notice what is the measure of great faith or what is the measure of faith. There's three levels that are really mentioned in the scriptures, really four, but we'll categorize them into three. Number one, there's no faith. Most of these that I'm going to read to you is whenever he talks about his talking to his disciples. In Matthew chapter 17, if you'll look over just one chapter uh, there, Matthew chapter 17, verse 17. Jesus is talking about to his disciples and he says to them, Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer? Bring uh, him hither to me. In other words, he's talking about their powerless, that they couldn't heal this. And so here's what's happening is that Jesus called them old faithless generation. Where's your faith that there's, there's people uh, that are saved that don't have faith, that, that are lacking in the area of faith? In Mark chapter 4, verse 40, he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? They didn't have no bread. And, and Jesus said, uh, they said, Master, we don't have no bread. What are we going to do? We've got to go buy some. We've got to go do this. And instead of just turning to him and the measure of faith that they had was none. He said, you have no faith. Number two, we see little faith. It's mentioned in Matthew chapter 8, verse 26. It said, And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful, O little faith? And then he arose and rebuked the winds and the seas, and there was a great calm. We know this story. They go out on the boat, the, the winds come, and they get scared, uh, even though Jesus was there with them. And he says, O ye of little faith. He said the same thing to, uh, to Peter as he stretched forth his hand and caught him. He said, O thou of little faith. And, and we can live our life with no faith. We can live it with little faith. But we see in this scripture, there's great faith. And I think about my life tonight. Where, where is the measure of faith in Michael Wiggins' life tonight? See, when we got credit cards and we got medicines and things like that, we took our faith and we done away with it. Hello, I'm not against those things. Well, the credit card I am. Right? See, see, what happens to young people is that parents don't teach them to have faith in God or don't buy what you don't need. Hello? I wasn't taught that either. I was taught if you didn't have it, swipe it. I'm still paying for it today, right? I, don't have a, I haven't had a credit card in 10 years and I'm still paying for a credit card that I don't even have. Why? Because I, I was, here's the thing in this story, it is talking about the measure of our faith. The measure of our faith can be measured by this, when God doesn't answer you. I'm, I'm just telling on myself, right? When, when we go, God, I, I, I have this need in my life and Lord, would you answer? See, none of us like quietness. I get fidgety when it gets still. Hello. Poor brother uh, Tyler was trying to film me today for a thing we're doing here at the church. And I told him, he said, could you stay right there? I was like, nope. (laughs) 
I'm moving all over the place. Why? Because, and he left me for like a second to go up here to do something. And I looked down and I wasn't even close to where I was supposed to be standing. Why? Because we, we're all that way, aren't we? And what happens is that when God doesn't answer us like that, we go, oh no, what am I going to do? We go to that wallet. We go to, we go to the bank. We got to hurry. We, 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 we react so out of the flesh. And what happens, we end up getting ourselves in trouble. And be careful. I'm not saying God is not saying go to doctor, use medicine, those things. I'm just saying is that the first call we should uh, call is not a doctor. The first call is not the bank. The first call is not my mom and not my dad, not even my wife. My first call when a situation hits in my life is to call my heavenly father and say, Father, you know all about this. You knew all about this. And Lord, here I am. What are you going to do in my life? Show me. And when God goes... Don't go. What's he doing? Just go to the book. Faith come up by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you just, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Just wait on the Lord. I'm preaching myself tonight. It's so hard to do. It's like being on a horse and not going nowhere. It's not fun. Right? It's, it's like being on a, on a, you know, in a car and you're not going anywhere. That's not why I got in this car. Unless it is to watch somebody else work. Then you sit in the car and watch them through the air conditioner, right? Where is, what is the measure of your faith tonight? What is the measure of my faith tonight? Jesus had to teach his disciples faith lesson. After faith lesson, after faith lesson. Her great faith is shown in verse 24, or in verse 26. Nope, 25. When she said, Lord, help me. She said, you could, Lord, Lord, I, I know that we weren't the pro- predominant people you came for because the Bible says it was to the Jew first and then also to the Greek, right? We know when the Lord came, He came uh, to a Jew, to the Jews, and we have a Jewish book. But we also know that God was teaching His disciples a lesson. It doesn't matter who they are and where they're from. If they have a need, He will meet it according to His will. If that wasn't true, we wouldn't be here tonight. Last thing tonight, what is the motive of faith? What is the motive of this great faith? This lady's motive was her daughter. This lady's motive was to see results. This lady's motive was to come and to beg the one that she knew could meet the need. This mom, mom's faith was rewarded in the end, wasn't it? Do you know what? You live by rewards of your faith. Can I prove it to you just real quick? Number one, when you called upon the Lord at the first moment of your life, when you got saved, not the first moment of your life, but when you got saved, when you called upon the Lord, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? Guess what? God rewarded you with an eternal salvation. Because of your faith. Before salvation, you had no faith. And there was no pleasing God, because without faith, we cannot please Him. That's what the Bible says. But going down, if you pray, matter of fact, James tells us that the, the, the prayer of faith will save the sick. 
That's a reward. That that is a reward when we use our faith to the Lord Jesus Christ and to God and we believe that He can do what He said He would do. God rewards it in one way or the other. By the way, sometimes He doesn't reward it the way we want Him to. Sometimes your faith is rewarded when an impassable path is cleared. When a mountain is moved out of the way, God rewards faith. God rewards faith. Turn over to Hebrews real quick and we're almost done. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I want to look at a couple of scripture here. And you already know these scripture, but let's just look at it together if you would. Hebrews chapter 10. And notice in verse 35, if you will. In verse 35 of Hebrews chapter 10, the Bible says, Cast not away, therefore... Now, Hebrews chapter or Hebrews in general is showing us we're going from the better, the better way, the better covenant. Christ was better than the Old Testament. He was better than the, the sacrifices. Christ was better than the high priest. Christ was better than those things. It's not by the blood of bulls and goats, but it's according to His blood. That's, that's what we're looking at. And so now we're, we're giving this new way, this new vision. And He says, and, uh, Cast not away, therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. In other words, don't cast away that confidence. What, what does he mean? Don't cast away that faith. Why? Because there's great recompense of that. But notice what he says in verse 36. For ye have need of patience. Somebody said, Lord, give me patience and hurry. And I know you've heard this too. God doesn't give us patience. God gives us opportunities to be patient. See, it's not one of those things when you cry out to God, God, give me patience, and He goes, and you go, wow, I got patience. No, that's not how it works. He puts you on 35. And He says, here you go, big boy. How quick will you use that horn? Right? That's true in life. As God puts us in those situations, He says, You have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise yet a little while. And He shall come and will come and will not tarry. Notice what He says in verse 38. He says, Now the just shall live by faith. That's the fourth time that is uh, said in the Scripture. Starts back in Habakkuk and, and said in Romans and Galatians, I believe it is, and here in Hebrews. And He says, The just shall live by faith. What is the motive of your faith? The motive of our faith should be this, and I'm not sure if Spurgeon said this or Warren Wiersbe, I didn't write it down, but he says, our motives of our faith have to be the obedience to the Word of God. Our, our, our motive that motivates us to, to have faith in our life is the obedience to God's Word. When God says it, we don't go, hmm, I don't know if I should do that or not. It's, I'm doing that. Why? Because God has allowed me and given me the faith to use in order to trust Him. God will reward your faith. Matthew chapter 9, they bring a man sick of the palsy to him, laying on a bed. Remember that story? I love what it says. It says when Jesus seeing their faith, God rewarded their faith. He said when He saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven. And later on it says, Take up thy bed and walk. Get out of here. Why? Because God rewarded those four guys' faith. And, and how He rewarded it was their, their, their friend, sick of the palsy, got up and walked. 
In chapter 9 and verse 22, it also talks about, but when Jesus turned about and he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Boom. God rewarded this woman who had a need. He rewarded her faith. I was thinking today as I was studying, if God came in my office door and he was to say, Michael, here's where your faith is, I'd probably want to crawl underneath my desk. Right? There's none of us going to die and go, man, I had a lot of faith. I don't think nobody dies and says, you know, I prayed way too much. No. I don't, I don't think if I, I was to die tonight and, and uh, I, I, you know, if my dying breath, I wouldn't go, I had a lot of faith. I can say I had faith. But I want great faith. Listen, I, I believe this, and we're going to talk about this later on, is there's so much about faith in the Bible. But when you get up here in the great faith range, that means you're living in faith. That means you're the just that is living by faith. When you're living in that, so many times our faith is like this, isn't it? It's wavery, waving. <laughs> it's, you know, whatever, you know. God help us that our faith is wavering when tragedy hits our life. And all of a sudden, we've got to go out there and crank up the motor of our generator of our spiritual life and go, I need faith. Why is it that we only turn to the Word of God when we're in tragedy, trouble? You can give away more Bibles in a prison than you can in a church. You can give away more Bibles in a hospital than you can in a church. Why is that? Because there's a need for it. But isn't it as a Christian who wants to have great faith, the Word of God is where we get our faith from. We must plug into its source and ask God, Lord, give us faith. I want to be a man. I want to be a family of great faith. Listen, me and my family, we've had a lot of things happen in our life. We've had to have faith abound and always tell my Bailey stories. Uh, of course, when, when we found out Bailey wasn't, well, she's probably better off than the rest of us, but she wasn't like the rest of us. I hate to even say that. I remember thinking, oh, man, how are we going to do this? And I think I've told you all these stories. I always said when she was little, it was, it was like, oh, man, you know, this is, I'm handling this. I said, but once she gets to be a lady, dad's done. It's mama's turn. And you know what? It's amazing how we just put our faith in the Lord, and he gives us grace. And I just keep doing what I do because, you know what? I trust him. I had a person ask me one time, they said, uh, they said, well, we had a daughter like that in our family, and she didn't live to be 16. They were real comforting to us. And Bailey was like 15 at the time when somebody told me that. I said, well, thank you. God bless you. Write her in my sermon for tonight. <clears throat> and I remember thinking, tonight could be my last night. We just live every day by faith. No matter what hits us, no, no matter what, what comes out of left field. And I, I'll tell you, today, Brody got his permit. My heart started hurting again today. Miss Rachel Beale, well, she's already gone. But I'm telling you, we were, we were riding today, and I, I said a prayer many times. I, I prayed, I prayed. And one thing I was teaching Brody, I said, Brody, I said, it's not so much you got to worry about your driving as it is about everybody else's. 
I said, it's the things that come out of nowhere that'll get you. And man, when I said that, I was like, that's my message tonight. Is that we're going down, you know, and it's those things that come out of nowhere that tell us where our faith is. Right? There's some people just, Jesus take the wheel. And he, he's probably not going to take it. You're going to have to hold on to it. But you trust him. Jesus is not your co-pilot. Jesus is your pilot. And you put your faith in him. And wherever he leads, I'll follow. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Where's your faith tonight? I want my faith to grow. The longer I'm, I'm saved, I've been saved since 1994. So, yeah, 1994. I've been saved for all those years, and, and my faith should be a lot greater than it was when I first got saved. Why? Because of the things I've seen God do. Anybody else like me and you, you failed in the faith area and God still worked? And you look back on it 10 years, 20 years later, and you go, why did I ever doubt Him? See, doubt's what kept the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. Unbelief is what killed most of them in the wilderness. I want to be one who puts my faith in the Lord and allow Him to lead me. They could have got there in a little over a week, but they made a 40-year track of it. I don't want to make a 40-year track. <laughs> I, want to, I want to get to where God wants me tonight through faith, believing Him. What are you facing tonight? All of us face different trials, different troubles, sicknesses and things like that. And I, I, I remember talking to Brother Zellner when... Uh, Miss Elner died, and, and I remember him talking about faith. I've never lost a spouse. But it doesn't change the fact that we put our faith in him. No matter what the situation is, we just trust him. Would you stand tonight, heads bowed, eyes closed. We'll have a time of invitation. I'll pray. Our Father, we love you tonight. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for faith. Lord, I know that I'm not perfect in this area. Lord, neither do I claim to be. God, I cry to you tonight. Lord, help me. Lord, with any need that we may have, Lord, with any situation that we may have, any trial, any valley that we go through, may we go through the valley of the shadow of death. Lord, may we cry to you. Lord, help me. Believing and trusting that you are the only one who could help us. Lord, tonight, increase our faith, as your disciples have told you, to increase their faith. Lord, increase ours tonight. Lord, bless this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.